Uh, I've entitled my lesson this afternoon, Is Christ Ruling Your Hearts? Uh, I, the, the idea for this, this lesson came to me, this question was actually asked of us in a Bible study several weeks back, and uh, what made me think about, or what, what got me started on this lesson is just thinking about the fact that uh, Christ ruling your hearts, uh, how important it was. And what, what it got me thinking uh, was that many times in my life, uh, Christ wasn't ruling my hearts. Rather, I was going to church a couple times a week, maybe praying before I ate dinner, maybe praying before I went to bed. But the rest of the time, uh, I was m- mostly just seeking the things that I wanted. And that, what I, what I want to talk about tonight is the importance of daily, in our daily life, no matter what our days may look like, uh, that we're serving Christ and giving Him our all. We'll start in Galatians chapter 2, uh, verse number 20. It says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave Himself for me. The things that we do daily, uh, the things of this world, are not why we were put on this earth. They're not the things that we're to be putting our number one focus, like our, our biggest focus on. Christ is called to be the ruler of our hearts, and we're, we're told that we're to live by him. We're to live in, by the faith of the Son of God. <clears throat> you see, doing this removes us from the flesh. We live in the flesh, but we live through Christ. Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6, verses 23 to 23. But now being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ, Jesus Christ our Lord. See, Christ ruling our hearts means that we are servants of the Father. It says that we become servants of God. We're taught in the scripture and different places that we're not going to serve two masters. And that's why here it tells us that we're going to become servants of God because servants of God will not be serving the flesh. They will not be serving their own will, their own wants. They'll be serving what the scripture teaches. And see, the important thing to notice here for many of us, because many of us have given our lives to Christ, is that Christ ruling our hearts means 100%. It doesn't mean that four days a week or 50% of the time we do what Christ would have us to do and the other 50% of the time we don't, we don't really think about him. We're doing what, what's best for us. What, what it means is, what being servants of God means is that 100% of the time Christ is going first and whatever actions we may take or not take uh, are because of him being first in our life. And we must do this every day of our life. It is of vital importance to our souls and to our salvation. You see, this opportunity is not always the easiest thing, but we should know that it comes as a great, it's a great blessing that we have this opportunity to do this. Ephesians 2, verses 4 through 6 tells us that God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ. By grace, you are saved. And hath raised us up together and made us sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. God's grace is what's given us this opportunity to let Christ rule our life. And he gives us an opportunity to one day sit together in heavenly places. And it comes in Christ Jesus. It comes through his son that he sent for us. 
This opportunity is not something that we could ever gain from anything else. It's not something that any one of us could, could do something that we would ever be deserving, but through God's grace, Christ has given us this opportunity to, be, to obtain sitting in this heavenly place. You see, sin separates us from God, and sin and God could not, could not be further apart. Romans chapter 8, verses 5 and 6, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. <clears throat> serving sin and serving God don't look anything alike. If we're being truly honest with ourselves, we're going to see that our actions are either one, serving the flesh, or serving the things of the Spirit. These two battle against each other every day, and we see that each one has its own end path that is completely opposite of the other. Carnal, to be carnally minded is death, to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Verses 7 and 8 go on to say that because the carnal mind is enmity with God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither need can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Our own sinful human nature is not going to be pleasing unto the Father. If we think that the things that we do on our own, and our, like our own, uh, us leading our own path, is going to become, be pleasing to the Father in any way, we'll be greatly disappointed. Christ himself and him living in us is the only avenue that we have to please the Father. Continuing on, verses 9 and 10, But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so, be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man hath not the Spirit of Christ, key thing there, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. <clears throat> we see in these verses that Christ in us removes the flesh from our lives. But then we go on to see also that if the Spirit of Christ is not in us, we are not His. And to say this uh, in a more uh, maybe understandable way, I take this to mean that it, we, can, we can think that we're Christians. We can uh, come to church and, and be Christians, but if the Spirit of Christ is not truly in us, we're told in Scripture that we're not His. We're not Christ's. <clears throat> Going on in Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 and 17, we see in verse 16 that it says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Going back to what I said, if Christ is ruling our life, we will not be fulfilling the lust of the flesh. That's why he tells us that if we're not, uh, if he's not ruling our life, we're not his. That's why he tells us that back in the verse we just read, because if he is living in us, and ruling our hearts, we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Going on to verse 17, for the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to another, so that you cannot do the things that you would. It's going to be a struggle. And that's why it's depicted this way here. The flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. It's not going to be a simple thing for us to just avoid these things of the flesh, and we're going to fail. But we're told back in verse 16, Walk in the Spirit, and you should not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So what we have to do is do the things that Christ commands, and sin will be removed from our life. Uh, if you would like, uh, I don't have this scripture up on the screen. You can turn to Galatians chapter 5. Um, we're going we're gonna to read the lists. He, uh, the scripture goes on to list the works of the flesh and the, the fruits of the Spirit. Picking up in verse number 19, it says, Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, 
uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contention, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in times past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. I've made a list, uh, that list each one. <clears throat> We're told that these things are the works of the flesh. It's not an exhaustive list, but the things that I put on this side, that the scripture lists, are called the works of the flesh. If we are serving ourselves, this is the kind of things we're going to see uh, as results in our life. Continuing on, verse number 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. So we see each side, we see some things that completely are contradictions, and we see that if we live doing the things that Christ commanded us, by default, we won't be living in the things that the, are the, the works of the flesh. Important thing to notice for us here this afternoon is that simply not living in the works of the flesh, not doing these things that are listed on this side here, doesn't mean that Christ is ruling our life. Uh, it simply means that we're, we're avoiding sin, which is good, but Christ-ruled lives show these things that are on this side. They show love, joy, peace, etc. They don't just not do these things that we're commanded not to do. You see, the scripture concludes these lists telling us that if we're in Christ, we don't, live, we don't serve the flesh. Verses 24 and 25, And they that are, that are Christ have crucified the flesh with afflictions and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Living in those fruits of the spirits that we just looked at removes the works of the flesh from our lives. And it removes the, the flesh's hold on us because we crucify those things. This is Christ did on the cross for us, you see. If we are to walk, as verse 22 says, if we are Christ, let us walk the ways that he did. And the ways that he did are listed on that side there. And they're listed in the scripture. Christ ruling our hearts, we're going to transition a little bit. Christ ruling our hearts means that he is everything to us. Uh, John 15, verse 5 says, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. See, this imagery is used here because if the branch is to be cut away from the vine, or the vine is to be taken away from the branch, it is dead. It can't do anything. It is useless. And in our lives, if Christ is ruling our hearts, we should know and we should have a, a, know, a, a knowledge that without him, we can't do anything. We should know that without him, we would, our lives would not have meaning. Letting Christ truly rule our hearts is not something that's going to be simple. I've touched on it a little bit, but we'll look at some verses that tell us how it's not going to be simple. 2 Timothy 1, verses 8 and 9, be there be not there thou for ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me as prisoner. But be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. We'll stop right there for a second. You see, two things that show us that this is not going to be an easy test. First we see, be there, be not thou therefore ashamed. We're told to not be ashamed because that's not always going to be simple. He didn't tell us to not be ashamed because that's going to be something that's easy. And then we also see, be thou a partaker of the afflictions of the gospel. You see, afflictions, not easy things, not always something that we're going to want to do, 
but we, we, we do this because we know the reward that we have. Verse 9, who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our own works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Through Christ Jesus, we can avoid the, we can do this hard thing and serve him uh, in our daily lives. You see, those around us are going to notice that this is happening. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your minds, that you may prove that what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We're told to become holy sacrifice, acceptable unto God. You know, the perfect sacrifice is Christ Jesus. And that's, I believe that's why he uses this phrasing here. Through Christ, that's how we become this acceptable sacrifice. And then we see that we are to be transformed. A transformation means that things completely change. And uh, when something like that happens, it, it should be going unseen. And the point I want to make here is that if we have not being conformed to this world and we have transformed our minds, people around us are going to see. You know, you need, to, you need to ask yourself, do people that aren't in the church know that I'm a Christian? Do they know that I truly put God first? Or do they, oh, he goes to church. It's a question that we need to be, we need to be asking ourselves. Christ in us is going to be seen as foolish as a, uh, to those not serving the Lord. 1 Corinthians 1, verses 18 says, for the preaching of the cross, it's to them that perish foolishness foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. <clears throat> People in the world are going to see us giving Christ 100% and they're going to have no clue why that would be happening. They're going to ask questions. Why aren't you uh, trying to go out and do everything for yourself, get as rich as you can, leave in the game with the most toys, some might say. Um, why aren't you uh, putting your family above every single thing on this earth? We know why this is, but point is, people are going to be asking, we're told in the scripture that people are going to see it as foolishness, and if people aren't in your life, then that is a sign that Christ is not truly ruling, because we're not showing him to others. 2 Corinthians 15, verse 7, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, behold, all things are become new. All things are become new. Does that sound like something that people won't notice? It doesn't sound like that to me. Um, it'll be evident to ourselves and to others if Christ is truly the, the rule of our hearts. <clears throat> Another way that we can examine ourselves and see if Christ is, is ruling our hearts is by the love that we show for one another. Second John, or first John, rather, we see 1 John 4, verses 12 to 15, the scripture tells us that no man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us. And his love is made perfect in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in him, and he in us, because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him and he in God. See, our love for one another and for our brothers and sisters and all those we come in contact with is a huge way to display Christ in us. God sent Jesus down to this earth to be our Savior. And we're told if we confess him that God dwelleth in us. 
But this isn't a one and done thing. Uh, that's why these verses here, the verses that we first read uh, are here. After we confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God doesn't permanently dwell in us. We have to show His love in our life for Him to be dwelling in us constantly. The scripture again speaks to the importance of this love in 1 Peter. Verses, chapter 1, verses 22 and 23. Seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. Being born again, not of a corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. If our love for one another doesn't show the type of love that Jesus showed for us, it's an indicator that he is not the ruler of our hearts. Verse 23 goes on to tell us that of a hope that we have by the word of God. And we've talked about what I, the phrase I've used tonight, Christ ruling your hearts, in, is interchangeable with the word of God ruling your hearts. You see, Christ ruling your hearts means that we take this word, we put it in our hearts, and we live it out in our life. And when we do that, we gain this incorruptible seed. We gain everlasting life. And it's something that is only only attainable through Christ Jesus. <clears throat> Christ from the beginning of time was meant to be head of all things. We, read, we see this in a uh, passage in Colossians chapter 1 verses 16 through 20. <clears throat> For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the promise. For it pleased the Father that in him all fullness dwell. And having, been made, and having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him I say, whether they be things in heaven or things, or excuse me, things in earth or things in heaven. Jesus Christ, Savior of this sinful world, is head of all things that were created. Everything. And it was God's will that through this head of all, through Christ, we can find reconciliation with him. <clears throat> the question that I ask each and every one here tonight, or this afternoon rather, is, is Christ head of your life this afternoon? Is he head of your life on a daily basis? We'll conclude in Romans chapter 8, verses 12 and 13. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. See, we're debtors to Christ. We owe it all to him. A debt that we can never repay, but through God's grace, we're given a chance. And that chance is to put Christ number one in our hearts, to let him rule our lives. And through that avenue, we gain that incorruptible seed. We gain everlasting life. However, if we serve ourselves, if we live after the flesh, we're promised proper punishment. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you'd like to know more about this subject or any other Bible topic, send us a message at our Facebook page, The Church of Christ, Wheeler Area.